Welcome back to Born to Live Well with Rebecca Beninati. I am uh, excited to be sitting here doing podcast number 11. And thank you for subscribing to my podcast. This is purely for the joy of podcasting, for the love and for the joy of people and their stories. This is a podcast about lifestyle lifestyles that want enhancement, lifestyles that want to be completely recreated and uh, revamped, lifestyles that maybe you didn't even know you had. Um, By listening to other people's stories, you might be inspired to make some small changes in your own life for a better lifestyle, for more well-being, for more contentment in your life. So thank you for listening to Born to Live Well. I am sitting here today, I feel... I don't even know what the word is. I'm going to pause and I'm going to say, I'm going to really think about the word that I feel right now um, sitting here with this guest. The word is deep admiration and deep gratitude. I am sitting here with, I feel like there's gonna, there would be fans screaming. If, there, if we had a live audience, there'd be fans screaming when I introduce you. Um, <laughs> I'm sitting here with Joe Martinez, the principal of Carpenter Community Charter School, the school that my children went to, the school that so many of my friends' children are at currently, and the school that I was terrified to send my kids to because I came from a very coddly, loving, nurturing, small uh, preschool with my children, and to choose to put them in public school, especially this one that is so big, it was a very hard emotional choice, but it wasn't a hard choice as soon as we had our first uh, tour of the school and were introduced to not only an amazing uh, parenting group that, that does a lot of fundraising and support, but the minute this guy, Joe Martinez, came out to do his talk to the uh, upcoming parents that were going to enroll in the next year, uh, my ex-husband and I looked at each other and were like, whoa, wow, whoa. And we have been so fortunate to become friends with this man and his family, and I'll talk more about that. But I am so excited and so thrilled, and I had to grab him on a day off. There's no school today for Yom Kippur, and so I was able to grab him uh, in his crazy busy schedule to have him sit with me today. So, Joe, welcome. Wow, well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, I know that this is a new experience for you. You walked in and you were a little like, whoa, shock, surprise that there were lights in the microphone. And that made me kind of giggle inside because you, to all of us, we just think of you as, um, you know, somebody who always knows exactly what to say. And you have so many great answers and suggestions and guided guidance. So um, how does it feel to be sitting here with a mic and a light on you? Well, it's, it's a little bit different because I think when I do things regularly, I'm not being recorded, obviously. Right. And then uh, I think most people don't like to hear themselves speak. And so I know at some point I'm going to hear this back and I'm probably going to cringe a couple mm. of times. But uh, I'm very happy to be here. Um, and looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, um, me too. So much. I don't. And again, remember, if you tune into my podcast, you know that I do not plan these podcasts on purpose. I could very easily sit, interact my brain, and think about specific questions that I want to ask somebody. But this isn't a topic. 
um, that has specific guidelines or rules. The topic is lifestyle. It just is about who are you? How do you live? How did you get to live the life that you're living? What do you love about your life? And so uh, one of the things that Joe did just kind of blurt out right before we went uh, on live recording, he uh, revealed that he was a DJ. He's like, well, I'm sort of comfortable behind a microphone. So tell us a little bit about that. What was your DJing career? So uh, when I went to school at Loyola Marymount, I was on the AM KXLMU station. Uh, Sunday nights, I had a Sunday 6 to 9 p.m. radio show that was only heard on campus. And um, I did a Sinatra. Uh, it was called Sinatra Hour, but it was actually three hours. It was 6 to 9. A really kind of uh, Frank and... Uh, uh, Sammy and some Dean Martin and then we would have special guests would call in it was really me calling in <laughs> as a special guest but uh, I think very few people actually listened to it but it gave me a great experience and uh, it was wonderful to be able to do something creative so I enjoyed it totally yeah. that's amazing I never made it to FM but uh -huh. I was always on AM yeah, yeah. Um, do you still listen to AM radio I do I listen to AM radio just about every day yeah. yeah. And you said that you just recently started listening to podcasts, which thank goodness, because now you're on one. So yeah. now hopefully you'll be even more converted to listening to them. Um, what are some of the ones you've been listening to? So I, I subscribe to three. Uh, one is the TED Talks. Uh -huh. So you get Great. like a daily TED Talk and, um, you know, they're usually between 10 and 20 minutes. So it's right around my commute home. So those are perfect. I uh, subscribe to the Dan Patrick show. I don't know if you know who Dan Patrick is, but uh, he was an ESPN uh, sports caster. Definitely um, would never know okay, that. Okay, so he's yeah, got his go own ahead. show. He's not with ESPN <laughs> anymore, and it's uh, all sports and uh, a lot of fun to listen to. So it, it uh, plays while I'm at work. So I was always bummed that I could never listen to it, but now I can listen to it at nighttime Perfect. thanks to these wonderful podcasts. Yeah. And then a third one is, I believe it's called The Way Things Work. Oh. Uh, and it's just every day is a different topic about something in the world and how it functions. And I think that's a TV show too, yeah. right? Isn't it a TV That I don't know if it is. I, there, there, was, there were a series of books for kids, oh, right. The Way Things Work. Um, but, um, and I might be getting the title of that mixed up, but it's something, something like, like that, that the way things things. work, how things function. And so every day is a different topic. So yeah. I really just subscribe to three. I mean, you can't listen to it anymore right. uh, unless you you're driving for long periods of time. Right? That's right. So. And you don't typically, um, drive much more than just your commute and then back home. Cause on the weekends, um, you're on your bike. Yeah. No podcasts on the bike. No podcasts yeah. on the bike. Do you not l even listen to music? Do you just go? I, the only time I would ever listen to music is if I'm doing a mountain bike ride, um, on a fire road that I know is pretty safe. Uh, but generally if I'm on the roads, you want to be able to hear what's going on around you. So it's just not smart to be listening to tunes oh, gosh. Uh, while you have traffic around you. Yeah. So, so um, will you be subscribing to Born to Live Well after today? Absolutely. Okay, good. Absolutely. I look forward to it. <laughs> good. Um, so, you said the magic word that we all want to hear from uh, you a little bit about, I'm sure. I'm just, I'm just guessing that... Um, the Carpenter families, you know, alumni and current, are going to be very happy to hear a little bit more about who you are. But you said the magic word. You said kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so you are the principal of one of the largest and one of the most amazing uh, schools in L.A. And you are around kids all day, every day, and you've got two kids. How did you 
get started in your field and what was your first interest? What made you decide that this is what you wanted to do? So I, I didn't go to school to become a teacher. That was not my intent. I, I went to uh, school. I got an economics degree. I, you know, I studied in Switzerland uh, for my junior year. I, I moved to Spain after I graduated from college. I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, and when I was living in Spain to make money, I, I was teaching English. And I had uh, various classes of business students, I had law students, and then one of my classes in the afternoons was kids. So I had a group of, they were about eight years old, and I had about 12 to 15 of them for an hour, Monday through Friday. So they would go to school all day and they would come to this private English academy and have English lessons. And um, it wasn't until I actually was teaching English to that group of kids that I realized how much fun it was and, mm. and that I had a passion for working with young people. Um, to the point when I came back to the States, I enrolled at Cal State Northridge into their teacher credential program. I got a job as a TA at an LA Unified School in Tarzana. And within a year, I was in a classroom teaching sixth grade here in LA after I came back wow. uh, from Spain. So at that period of time, also, if you spoke Spanish, boy, they, there was a great need for teachers who could speak with the community and speak with kids that were second language learners. So that kind of expedited the whole process for me to uh, get into a classroom and and ever since 1991 which is now you know going on 27 28 years taught various grade levels became a math coach uh, went back to school got a master's degree uh, for administration and then uh, took a couple jobs as an assistant principal at three different schools here in the valley and then my first principalship was at carpenter in 2009. boy so do i remember since. Yep, that was the yeah. year we started. You started when we started. Yeah. And I remember everybody, there was always the buzz like, oh, but there's talk that he's only lasting. He's only going to stay for two years. And he's already got other uh, plans. And everybody was like holding their breath every year. Is Joe still going to be here? And then finally we relaxed. And we're like, Joe's here. We, we've got him. We've got him. <laughs> and I just have to say, I'm so grateful that we got you all the years that I'm there. So yeah. that well, was amazing. Listen, it, 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 anywhere that you work in any profession that you're in, it's all about your team. And 10 years into my term at Carpenter, um, I'm with some amazing people that I inherited and then amazing people that we brought in uh, to the point where it's really a second family and I'm extremely comfortable and uh, lucky to be part of that community and, and love going to work every day. Joe, I'm going to ask you something um, because this is truly, um, it's got to get to the heart of, of who you are and why everybody literally at Carpenter that's been there or is currently there is just, you're just such a dynamic force. You are, whatever your skills are, whatever you've studied, you are a dynamic force of energy. What do you, how do you, who are you? Like, where did the zest for living so positively and having so much energy and uh, you show up every day happy? You get out there with your little orange vest on and you're helping with the traffic and you're sweeping the school every single morning. These are things that go way above and beyond. And I know that on some level you know that, like truth, 
you know that, you know that you're dynamic, but how did you, what sparks that in you every day? Because this is a show about lifestyle. So how do you choose that every day? So, you, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that, you know, I'm, I'm from Las Vegas. Both my parents worked in hotels. And when they went to work, it was all about um, tourists, clients, visitors, and giving them the best possible service you could, right? That's, that's how that city functions. So uh, my whole life growing up, uh, all my relatives, everybody was connected with a hotel in some, some way. So, so that when the modeling that I saw was... You're, you're upbeat, you're positive, you're professional, and you do your best to help somebody, right? That's, that's kind of the goal. And so uh, when I got my own school, and even before I got my own school, my mentality has always been treat every child as the same way I would want someone to treat my child and then run that school like it's a hotel in Vegas, right? And, <laughs> and people are coming in, so it's got to be clean. Right? Okay, that just explains so many things. Yeah. Run the school like it's a hotel in Las Vegas. It feels like that sometimes. Yeah. It's wild and loud and crazy, and there's no We've always kids. got activities but, going on. Yeah. It's almost like a cruise ship also. <laughs> you could pick a hotel, cruise ship, one of the two, but uh, it's inviting. It's exciting. Yes. Uh, it's the place where where I want every child to wake up, and the first place they, they should want to be is their school and in their class with their teacher. And and if I can somehow influence that by making sure that the place is clean or that someone's being welcomed when they come in the gate or by making sure that my staff uh, feels like they're appreciated. So all that trickles down to the kids that are going to be sitting in those seats Boy, is that, that we're going to be working with every day. So that's that's my goal that's is to set true. that tone. You do a lot of teacher appreciation stuff, not just what the parents put together for all of you as Teacher Appreciation Week, but you yourself, you've come up with some really fun ideas over the years that um, I've witnessed um, you know, contests or cook-offs or those kinds of team building things. Yeah. Um, are these just ideas that come to you periodically yeah, about you know, how to keep your staff happy or things are, I, I love when things are organic and they just develop from the group, but I think we're constantly looking for ways to connect, mm -hmm. right. To build relationships, to build trust. Um, and so if that entails uh, a cooking challenge for the staff or if it entails happy hours, on a Friday, or if that is, um, you know, getting uh, uh, staff members uh, to meet regularly and collaborate and share ideas, whatever that is, whatever it needs to be, uh, we're willing to try it. And so um, I'm a big believer in staff morale and the climate at the school uh, being positive because ultimately that benefits the kids and that benefits the whole community. It just always goes back down to those little ones and how they watch us and how they take in everything. Um, you have an incredible knack, too, for remembering everybody's names. Is, well, is I try to. No, I, listen, I'm actually uh, horrible with names outside of work. Um, and, and my wife is always uh, trying to encourage me to do a better job of remembering names, but she, she sometimes forgets how many names I'm trying to keep oh, right. in my head, right, with parents <laughs> and the kids and staff members and everything else. Um, but I usually have a default uh, for some kids, and, you know, it never fails that a child <laughs> will say, Mr. Martinez, do you know my name? 
uh, and uh, oh, right away I'm the de- I got the deer in the headlights look on my face and then use I'll ask for a hint uh, and then I can usually get there or my default for most kids is uh, I just call kids love bugs I'll say, oh <laughs> love bug and oh Mr. Martin my real name not that name <laughs> uh, so I do try to get every kid's name down because that makes a difference and it makes a kid really yeah. feel like they're known and that they mean uh, they're important to the people that are around them, uh, but sometimes it can be a challenge. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah. Uh, I remember when we were bringing Amalia into the school, you already knew her name, and she already had been there watching her big brother go through kindergarten and first grade, and uh, then she entered the school. And I remember on the first day of school, she came right up to you, and she is a girl, Amalia is a girl, who does not like to wear shoes, and she could not understand how the rule at her new school, Carpenter, was that you had to wear closed-toe shoes, and she was really bummed out. And she went right up to you on her first day of school, and she said, I don't understand why I have to wear closed-toe shoes. And you were so awesome. The first thing you did, you squatted right down to her level, and you looked at her, and you told her it was like, for safety, Basically, for her, yeah, yeah safety yeah. for her own good, so that she didn't hurt her feet. She still didn't like the idea. Now she but, wanted clarification. Oh, for she sure. did. She yeah. needed to know why because she yeah. thought it was just stupid, a stupid rule. Yeah. Um, but the the way you approached her that day, I'll never ever forget her first day of kindergarten with that experience. Um, so well, and you know that that comes back to always having the mentality of every child could be your own child. And, and you hope and pray that whoever is dealing with your own child, wherever that may be, is being respectful and is being loving and nurturing to them. Uh, so I'm trusting other people in society are doing that with my own kids who are yeah. not with me. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing that with every child that comes my way. Oh, my goodness. And your children are so not with you right now. Where are your children? They're... So uh, my oldest is uh, independent and out of college and working and doing his own thing, um, young professional man. So uh, that's wonderful to see him go through school and finish college and um, get a, uh, a very uh, you know great job that's very positive for him. My daughter is a, a freshman now in college, living on campus, and so we're we're kidless or empty nesters, whatever you want to call us. What we're, is that? we're adjusting to that. Yeah, what is that like? My sister went through that a long time ago, but when she went through it, it was a real thing for her. She had a real hard time. Yeah, it's been it's, it's a transition for sure. I think it's so you know still really early for us uh, that we haven't completely figured it all out yet. Yeah, brand new. Um, so we're we're adjusting and getting used to a, a you know a different type of house. Luckily, we you know we adopted a dog a year ago, so that gives <laughs> that us helps. something to focus on. And uh, just trying to uh, reconnect and, uh, you know, reestablish some new uh, norms and going out a little bit more and, you know, enjoying each other. And, That's so um, nice. Yeah, so we're, we're figuring that out now. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, your wife is also in the school system. Yeah. Is- so she's a kindergarten teacher and, and has been. And actually, she went to college. So my wife and I have been dating since we were in high school, uh, teenagers. And she, through college, always had the goal of being a teacher. That was what she went to school for. So um, interesting that, you know, she had that clear path. And then I kind of stumbled into it so that we were teaching uh, for a long time at different schools. Um, and um, so it's, it's, it's nice that I understand 
her struggles and her challenges and her triumphs very well. Yeah. Uh, and she can sympathize with some of my uh, my challenges, but at the same time, we've got all the same holidays off. Oh, that's and we perfect. We have the same pretty much work schedule, so that's very positive for us. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So you met your wife in high school, you said? So we met, uh, just as I was graduating high school, she was still a senior in high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is your take on, I mean, your kids are, are big now, um, and maybe they dated or didn't date, but how do you, how do you deal with dating? How do you deal with, um, you know, helping your kids through dating, going through um, a relationship in high school and getting serious in high school? Because I have real strong feelings about that for my kids. Like, I don't, I, I mean, it is going to be whatever is going to be, and I will surrender to it. But I just have really strong feelings about that and how serious um, one should yeah, get. Yeah, you know, I, I think you just said it all it's going to be what it's going to be so i'm uh, my mentality is not to push one way or the other but just to be supportive um obviously it worked out for my wife and i and um we just celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary so even though we did meet in high school and we're dating for a long time it worked out for us um and uh, you know my daughter who is now 18 has been dating uh, a young man for the last couple of years, and they've been pretty, very consistent. And so they're, now they're going to two different colleges, mm. which my wife and I also did. Oh, wow. So um, I, I, I try to uh, stay out of their relationship. Uh, my wife uh, dedicates a little bit more of her time to that and conversations about it. And um, so far, uh, everything has been... Uh, just fine. So yeah, it's funny because um, we we do really end up in some ways kind of sort of modeling our parents. And um, so how funny that one of your children met somebody in high school, and yeah. who knows where it will go. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting how we do that sort of thing. I definitely have similar patterns to my own mom. Um, so. Uh, on the weekends, you like to cycle. We talked about that a little bit. How did you get into cycling? So I, when, when I was a teacher, uh, I was at a school where we had almost 50% of the staff were males. And we were all kind of young guys, and we'd love to do all kinds of sports, but we would play a lot of basketball. And um, after work or on weekends, we had a city league. And I think over the years of playing basketball, and as you start getting into your 30s, you start seeing guys with all kinds of injuries. And I didn't suffer one of those injuries, but I saw enough uh, you know, torn Achilles mm. tendons and everything to know that I needed to find another sport uh, because it was just a matter of time before I got myself hurt. And um, I got into uh, mountain biking and then that turned into road biking. And for me, it's it's a great escape where, number one, I we're in Southern California. The weather's always great. Perfect. Yeah, I'm perfect. surrounded by mountains, open roads. I love to do things early in the morning. So no traffic, I can get out and uh, do a ride with different people all the time and uh, clear my head, you know, whatever stress I'm carrying. And I, I typically don't carry a lot of stress, but I at least can go through my week that's coming up in my head as I'm on a long ride, prioritize things and get them worked out for the week. So it's a great stress reliever for me. Yeah. You start your day pretty early. Yeah. How early do you get up? So I'm, I'm up at 4.15 every morning. And um, I, I stretch for a good 30 to 45 minutes, 
um, do something that uh, I've told you before that I call yeah. yoga, Joe's yes. version of yoga, yoga. Yoga. And, um, and then I, I, I go to the gym before work and either uh, run or swim and then shower at the gym and, and be at work by 7.15 and start my day. And so. start sweeping those grounds. Yeah, get, get the place Gre- ready. Greeting the people, yeah. greeting the children and their families. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, um, one of your lovely teachers on staff when I when Mateo was there for kindergarten uh, wrangled me in to teach yoga to the staff on Fridays. Yeah. Um, and that became a real beautiful ritual. Nine years. For nine years. Nine I tried years. to keep it up. And I really still would have go there um, periodically if I can. But. <laughs> I, I really try. I, I told you guys that I would be there even uh, after my kids left, and I tried for maybe yeah. six times. Well, we know but, you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we, for nine years, nine years did on yoga Friday on afternoons. Fridays. Yeah. And it was a super sweet, sacred I loved time. it. It was great. And we would always have a different uh, group of people that would join us, and it was just a great opportunity to decompress and to work out some kinks from, from the week and then some meditation and get ready to go home and start the weekend. So um, I, I really benefited a lot from it. And as you can see, I'm still doing a version of that every morning. Mm-hmm. Because uh, really, if I don't do that, then I don't feel like I'm ready to, to attack the day. I, I need to stretch. I need to get my mind right. Or I can't be a benefit to anybody. Oh, my goodness. And that is why I teach right there. Because whatever you take away from the practice, whatever you take away from any yoga teaching that you get, as long as you can take away something and make it personal that you can stick with, that's really the whole point. Just take anything that you can do regularly, and then you have a practice, then you have a ritual. And it doesn't take very much to feel good and connected and stretched out and ready for your day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, is there, uh, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. I can't forget to ask you this. Uh, when my kids were in the theater program at Carpenter, uh, you had a very fun, exciting thing that you would do in each of the performances, each of the shows that were put up. Uh, you would take on a role in the middle of the show. Um, Miss Tawil, the music t- teacher there, would uh, find some way f- to incorporate you into the show as a big surprise for the uh, students and also for the parents when we got to finally come see the show. Wh- and I have to say, and everybody listening that knows this about Joe Martinez, if you've seen him on stage, you look like you've been trained a little no, bit. You've no got some mad there. skills with like acting, singing, dancing, choreography, uh, improv. Well, what is all let's that? Let's not Where get ahead that? of ourselves. It's more comic <laughs> relief than anything. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough that uh, uh, they usually write in a small part for me to come in midway through the show and... Uh, just to provide a laugh for the audience. And it, it's a lot of fun for the kids. So, again, it always comes back to the kids. The kids love seeing their principal do something silly or do something entertaining, especially in front of extended family members and parents. So if that uh, means putting on a, a, a costume to be a munchkin in The Wizard of Oz <laughs> and come out and sing the lollipop song, I'm all in. <laughs> and uh, so that's that's great fun. And... We've been doing two shows a year, so you figure that's 18 shows. Show number 19 is coming up in November, oh. um, so I'm looking forward to my small part on mm. that. 
Nice. So that's just another way that Joe Martinez goes above and beyond. I mean, these, these performances are put on on Thursday nights and even Friday night. So you really dedicate yourself above and beyond to being there for the families and to show how much you care by doing that. It makes me feel very emotional because uh, for such a big school, Joe is at the hub of making the school feel very small and nurturing and like a a very dynamic um, and supportive community for such a big school. Well, listen, if, if I'm asking my staff to be all in every day when they come to work, I've got to be all in. If I'm asking the staff or the kids to help clean up and throw away their trash, I've got to be setting that tone also. So um, I'm a big believer and that everybody has to do their part. And when everybody does their part, it makes it a little bit easier on the group and it makes it a much more enjoyable experience for everybody. So. so what can you share one of the challenges that you do have in this job? Because you manage your stress very well with, you know, health and, and fitness routines and even mental breaks. And um, but what what are maybe one or two of the challenges that are super hard for you to to manage? So oof, super hard challenges. Um, you know, sometimes when you have a school that is, uh, you know, trying to be innovative and introducing new programs, there, there can be a, a disconnect with your larger school district, right? right? So the school district has its mandates every year and they have their goals and we're a district school. So technically I'm mandated to make sure that those things happen just like every other school in Los Angeles. Uh, every other public school but when you're when you're innovative and you've introduced a number of programs like we have in terms of you know a writing program or a, a robotics program or a mindfulness program these are all programs that are not district programs they're really they're unique to carpenter now other schools may have some of those components but we've adopted a number of these to the program that we do with all of our kids every day so the balance of the school's innovative programs with the district mandated programs and making sure that all of that meshes and that there's appropriate time to dedicate to all of them, that's probably the biggest challenge because ultimately teachers have to collaborate, right. you need professional development on them, you need to assess and, and when you're running multiple programs, not only your school-based ones but your district-based ones also, uh, that is not easy. And um, so it, it requires a lot of collaboration and a lot of flexibility yeah. on our teachers' uh, part and our staff's part. Yeah, so that's just the teacher's part of the amazing school. Um, what, what do you have to say about the way the parents step up in that community? Because it is really dynamic what these parents choose to do as volunteer work um, to come and keep the school just running, tight, thriving. I mean, there have been some amazing people that I have volunteered under over the years that blow my mind. And I am yeah. just, to all of you people listening that volunteer at your children's school, uh, I commend you. And I'm so in awe of all that you have to give so wholeheartedly to bettering the school for our children, for your children. Because it really is, it, it doesn't stop at just the the paid staff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it, it, if it's all about the kids the people in between that so if there's one end it's the staff and the other end's the children the, what's right in the middle is the the pulse of the parents holding it all together yeah, yeah. 
No, there's no question. We've been, uh, I, I personally have been blessed to work with some amazing uh, Booster Club PFC presidents over the years um, who only are concerned with helping the school to be more successful and uh, not about anybody's personal interest, but it's about the group and really making sure that we can do everything we can to improve the school. So um, it, the leadership on our booster club as well as our PTA has just been phenomenal. Um, there's great communication with parents and um, by doing that, getting everybody involved, and that was actually one of the reasons why we became an affiliated charter school nine years ago, was to have more shared leadership opportunities, more transparency among all of the, uh, the leadership groups on our campus, and to have a more cohesive uh, vibe, if you will, of all these groups kind of collaborating and helping each other. Um, once a month, I meet with our Booster Club president, our PTA president, our Governance Council president. Those are all parent volunteers. Yes. And once a month, we meet just to uh, make sure we're all on the same page, everybody's supporting each other, what events are coming up, what needs to be uh, communicated to the masses, if you will, and strategically planning how we're going to do everything so that it is a success. Uh, but I'm the only paid employee at that monthly meeting. Right. Everybody else is a volunteer giving uh, countless hours it's amazing. Uh, towards the school. And that's a huge benefit to our school community. And really, that started in the early 80s, and it's never been stronger than it is now. That's so good to hear because I've been uh, away from that school now for two years. And when you get ready to graduate from that school as a parent and watch your kid graduate, it's very emotional. And all in conversations that I had, there was just this real longing and hope that uh, the generations after us would keep it going, yeah. that there would never be a generation uh, or you know a school year that would that would drop the ball yeah. because it, it's just so dynamic. And so when you say drop the ball, that would be not raising enough money to fund that enrichment program right. that has brought the community to the school, yeah. right? Um, and so that's an incredible amount of stress on parent volunteers that are trying to make uh, a certain, uh, trying to raise a certain dollar amount every given year to keep those programs running. It is dynamic, dynamic what happens at Carpenter. Um, if you are listening again, and not only volunteers in general, any listener, but the volunteers, the families, the parents um, that have supported Carpenter with your numerous hours of generosity with time and talent. Um, thank you from me, whose kids both went there, and um, Joe, I'm sure you Absolutely. thank the parents. Yeah. 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 Uh, on behalf of the entire Studio City Carpenter School, uh, we thank all of our volunteers for everything that they do every year. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think we can wrap. I think we can. I made it. You made it through. I, it. Um, I, I have to say that it was very sweet to see you a little bit nervous sitting here <laughs> because truly we do just think of you as the dynamic source of energy and clarity for the whole community in Studio City. Um, there's talk. There was talk this weekend on my yoga retreat about whether you were ever going to run for mayor. It's not the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Probably you have, you have no interest in doing that whatsoever. Less than zero. Less yeah. than zero. <laughs> Less than yeah. zero. You're pretty happy yeah. right where you are. Well, now now yeah. you have a, a quieter house yeah. and you get to enjoy your wife and have a whole new different kind of lifestyle. Um, I am so honored that you 
sat here today. Well, I, I'm honored that you thought I would be worthy to sit in this chair and talk to you today. So it's been a pleasure. And um, uh, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Born to Live Well, a podcast about lifestyle. Those that live a lifestyle that you aspire to have similarities in and lifestyles that you maybe look at and go, mm, no, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. But also, uh, thank you for listening and, and sharing um, your time with us as a podcast subscriber and listener. This is Rebecca Beninati for Born to Live Well.